0: Welcome to today's daily audio podcast with Pastor Ken Spicer. We invite you to search the scriptures daily and allow God's love, grace, and favor to be the hallmarks of your life. Now prepare your hearts to hear a word from God today. Hi everybody, welcome to the podcast today. We are continuing our study in Acts chapter number 9. We're going to begin today in verse number 10. Uh, Remember that that now God uh, Jesus has gotten the full attention of Saul of Tarsus. He is born again now on the road to Damascus. He is in a place in Damascus, uh, praying, uh, seeking God, waiting for further instruction as Jesus told him would come. And we're going to pick it up, verse 10, where Jesus is actually now giving that direction and some instruction to Ananias, who will go and minister to Saul. So let's pick it up in verse number 10. It says, Now there was a certain disciple... At Damascus, named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, "Uh, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise, go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. So here we see God now working behind the scenes uh, in the personage of Jesus Christ, now already in heaven. Now he's he's resurrected. He's he's uh, eternally now in heaven at the right hand of the Father, and he is encountering Saul on the road to Damascus. Now he's encountering Ananias. So it would tell us that even in the new covenant uh, reality, there are still visions and still, you know, inspired divine instructions and so forth. So we still hear from God even today. So even if you've never seen a vision uh, or anything, I'm telling you the Lord has spoken into your heart through his word uh, and just uh, from his heart and, and, and the way you know it's him is it always lines up with his word. But uh, here we see now Jesus speaking into the life of Ananias, giving him instruction to go minister healing uh, to Saul. So then Ananias answered and said, verse 13, uh, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. And doesn't Ananias sound a lot like us in so many ways? I mean, uh, there's, there's reason to, to, to look out at the world and say, well, you know, Lord, I'd go down and, and preach to those people, but they're not going to listen anyway. They don't care about you. Uh, they don't care about anything. They don't... They they just don't have the same uh, worldview as us, and and you know they're just not going to ever receive. And, and this is exactly what Ananias begins to do. I mean, this man was brutalizing the church, and Ananias really doesn't want to see him saved. He really doesn't want to put himself in jeopardy to go lay his life down. Sometimes God is going to ask you and I to do something that's uncomfortable, and it could be that it's dangerous. And, uh, and so here Ananias is feeling that pressure uh, because now he's, he's got to go do something that he's going to be way out of his comfort zone on. And, um, and, and he reminds me here in these couple of verses a lot like Jonah, who really does not want to go to the Ninevites because he knew the goodness of God. He knew the power of God. And he knew if, he, if I go over there and preach to the Ninevites, it's likely they're going to repent and, and then God's going to forgive them. And so he didn't even want to go. that's why he fled. That's why he ended up in the in the belly of the whale. So at any rate, uh, the Lord said to him in verse fifteen, "Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles." kings and the children of Israel. See, at this point, remember also that nobody knew Saul was saved. Nobody knew that he had had this encounter on the Damascus road. Nobody knew that that he had said, who are you, Lord? And then when Jesus identified himself, he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? So he submitted his life. One thing about somebody that's religious, when they truly get an experience with Jesus, it will turn them from their religion. When they truly experience Jesus, I'm not talking about a hypothesis. I'm not talking about an idea or a thought or something that's sort of uh, esoteric. But when they meet Jesus, they will realize the difference between religion and relationship. And that's what has happened here to Saul. And Ananias just simply doesn't know all of it yet. In verse 17, though, And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, this is another reason why we do know that, that that somewhere in here Ananias had figured out that Saul was now saved. Maybe when God said he's a chosen vessel of mine. He says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice that he didn't just receive his sight. He didn't just get healed from this, from this situation with his eyes. But he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit is, is a little bit of a misnomer because once we're born again, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, remember we talked about this in, uh, in chapters 1 and 2, that uh, in, in the upper room, the night Jesus was resurrected, He breathed on the disciples and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit, and they were born again. And then 40 days later, he told them they need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then he said, that's when you shall receive power to do the works that I've done and so forth in verse 8 there in chapter 1. And then we see the Holy Spirit fall upon them in Acts chapter 2. And then we saw the Holy Spirit fall upon the Samaritans in the last chapter, chapter number 8. And so from here on out, this phenomenon is called being filled with the Spirit, but it's just a a, a semantics issue. It means being baptized with the Spirit because He was already saved, uh, and that's how we know that. The reason we know that that's what it means is because being filled now is following being born again. So being filled with the Spirit is something Jesus called being baptized in the Spirit. So just make a note now that this is now the third example that we've seen in the book of Acts already where people were born again, classically, believed Jesus as their Savior on their way to heaven. And then after that, some time after that, they are filled with the Spirit or baptized in the Spirit. For the disciples, it was 40 days plus because remember at the 40th day in Acts 1, Jesus commanded them to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You've heard from me the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So their experience was 40 plus days. The Samaritans believed Philip as he preached, remember. And then John and Peter came down from Jerusalem in chapter 8 here and prayed for them because the Bible says the Holy Spirit had, had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of Jesus. So they were saved, but they weren't baptized in the Holy Spirit. And here we see Paul. Now he's three days removed from being born again on the road to Damascus. And then Ananias lays hands on him. He's healed of his blindness and filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's a chosen vessel to bear my name before Gentile kings and the children of Israel. So now we see that this baptism in the Spirit is to empower us for service in 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 this in the kingdom of God, and uh, so anyway, he's baptized in the Spirit. Verse eighteen says, "Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized." So when he had received food and was strengthened, then Saul spent some days with the di- disciples at Damascus, and. Uh, It says, verse 20, immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. So before I finish today, now I want to just go back to what it says here. Um, It says, immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. That means he was baptized in water. Remember, being baptized in water isn't salvation. That doesn't save you. Uh, It's a symbolic Identification with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and that's why we do it today, and that's why you'll see in this, in, in these remaining examples here, at least one where people are saved. In one example, in, in later in the Book of Acts, people are saved, then water baptized, then filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Spirit. Here we see Paul, it's just the opposite. He's saved, he's baptized in the Spirit, and then he's baptized in water. So just remember that the only requirement to being Baptized in the Spirit is to be saved first. You must be saved. Second Corinthians two fourteen tells us that the natural man cannot receive the Spirit of God because it's foolishness. So the only way to receive the Spirit of God in all of His fullness is to be first born again and have the Holy Spirit within you. And then it's no big deal to have the Holy Spirit uh, upon you. So again, I don't want to. I'm not going to stop and teach all that just yet. I just want you to continue to see these examples as we get there. The Bible says. let let everything be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. And now I've just given you three witnesses, and there's two remaining as we move through this this book of Acts. So at any rate, that's all of our time today, my friend. We'll pick up right here tomorrow on the podcast. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We pray you are blessed by God's Word. For more information, visit our website at www.newcreationca.org.